Do you consider yourself a rebellious person? Or have you ever thought about simply going against the grain on a certain topic? Well, in this episode, I sit down with Maggie Patterson to talk all about disrupting the status quo on social media. Hello, welcome to the Savvy Social Podcast. This is episode number 120, and this is a show dedicated to helping passion-led entrepreneurs and business owners just like you learn how to use social media as a tool to grow your business. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and I'm fiercely committed to helping you understand both the how and the why of social media marketing so that you can create connection, build your community, and make your difference in the world. This show is brought to you by Fan Booster by Traject, which is the world's most complete social media management tool, and it's my tool of choice when it comes to things like scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. Try them out for yourself for free. I'll put the link in the description of this video if you're watching on YouTube or in the show notes if you're listening on your podcast app. In this episode, I sit down with Maggie Patterson. Maggie is the editorial director of Scoop Studios and the creator of Small Business Boss. She has two decades of experience and has spent her career in client services and has been a successful entrepreneur for over 15 years. Today, she works with consultants, creatives, and agency owners to help them implement smart strategies for their business growth using proven marketing marketing, sales, and client experience tactics. She's the host of the BS Free Service Business Podcast. She has been on stage at events like New Media Expo, Podcast Movement, which is where I met her, and Conquer Summit. And she has been featured with leading publications like Entrepreneur.com, Fast Company, et cetera, et cetera. Maggie's a powerhouse, you guys. Maggie and I are friends. I would consider her a friend in this business world. We have met at events before, really connected. We have a lot of similar beliefs when it comes to how small businesses can use marketing um, and even just show up as a business. She has a very particularly uh, great insight into marketing and being in business in the digital space, which feels circular sometimes, like we're all buying and selling each other's things, right? And so I really was excited to sit down and talk with her today. Um, We talk about all sorts of things like how Maggie approaches Instagram, her rebellious nature when it comes to like the foundations of her personal brand, how speaking her mind has really impacted her social growth. And we talk about some tips and tricks on how you can apply this to your business as well. Before we dive into that, a little juicy bit of an episode interview, just a few quick updates for the Savvy Social School. So we are excited for the rest of this year. Tomorrow, October 21st at 8 p.m., we're hosting our live workshop all about social media for local business. So join the school for that workshop taught live, or you can join and watch the replay. And then on October 26th, I am hosting office hours inside of the school so you can hop on and ask me questions and really do like a hot seat style coaching. We also added a bunch of new bundles this month. We've got bundle of um, graphics, templates, captions for therapists and for food bloggers. So we're continually adding to those different niches. We also have updated our bundle for churches and we also updated some of the pre-made kind of just generic templates that anyone can use. Um, So all of that happened this month in October. So we have a lot of stuff happening in the school this month. And then next month, 
Julie's coming back for some office hours. I will be hosting office hours again. And of course, every Friday we have our content creation hour where we can all work together on our content because sometimes it feels like we're getting a bit stuck. Um, And then on November 7th, I'm hosting a 2021 planning session. (laughs) It's not too late to plan for the new year. And uh, we're taking a Saturday. We're spending 90 minutes. This is a really custom experience in the school where we're going to work together on planning our year, some key dates, some editorializing, just really figuring out what we're going to do, especially after the year that we've had this year. We kind of want to take a moment to think ahead. So with that, without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Maggie Patterson. Hey, Maggie, welcome to the Savvy Social Podcast. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to be here because I feel like we chat all the time. So we might as well just share our conversations with the world. Yeah, I know. This is going to definitely be like a recording of our actual conversation. So listeners, you're in for a treat. Um, And what I love about Maggie and her approach to social, especially with her small business boss brand, is that she keeps it real. So we're going to keep it all the way 100 on this episode. There may be some cursing. There may be some fun. You're in for a treat. You're in for a ride. Uh, But I kind of want to start off this episode by setting the the tone for your perspective on the world. Um, One of the things that I I think I DM'd you this one time was um, I, I was asking about something about you being so bold in your approach and your thoughts and sharing them online. And you were like, I've always thought this way. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about kind of your ideology, philosophy in life? This going way deep, way fast. I'm like, wow, my ideology. So, you know, from a business point of view, I think my business very much has always mirrored my personal life. So if you were to go to any of my friends, any of my friend groups, they would be like, yeah, Maggie's the one with the strong opinions. Um, I, I studied politics in university. So you don't study politics unless you have opinions, but we won't get into all that. But, you know, ultimately business-wise, when I you know, kind of pivoted into the online business world back in 2012, 2013, you know, at the time I was seeing a lot of things that I was like coming from the corporate world, coming from freelancing for years for tech clients. I was like, wait, hold up. Like, this is not, this is bad business advice and these business practices don't work. But then kind of in the middle of my journey, what happened is a lot of the people in the online space became my clients. So I felt like I had to kind of I had to soften my approach. I never stopped saying things, but I didn't say it in quite a direct and as forceful manner. So, you know, I spent the early part of 2020 just being like, what am I going to do with small business boss? What is my game plan? Like in or out, like I run a, a content marketing agency, like I have things to do, but I was like, no, I created this brand for a reason. I know there's room for my voice in the market. And I just like woke up one day and I post on social and I was like, I think it would, the thing was like, I was like, this is bullshit is actually what I like wrote. And it was like this avalanche of people going like, thank God, thank God someone is saying it. And I was like, oh, I've always been saying it. I just wasn't saying it on Instagram. So I was just like, all right, we're just going to let all the opinions come out, like it or don't like it. I mean, I am not for everyone. I am very clear on that. But the people I am for, like the conversations I'm having, I feel very much like I made the right call. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like that about your approach is that it instantly either tracks or like it rejects the people that don't need to hear that message or don't relate to it. So I love that. Um, Why, why Instagram? 
I think Instagram is, I, I think Instagram's like, it's not the easiest when you have the type of business I run. And you know this, this is what you do with clients. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not like a super glamorous person. I'm not really super concerned with my image. I'm not going to take like pictures of my Instagrammable house. So, you know, would Instagram make sense? Maybe not on the surface, but when you get down to it, I think what Instagram brings, and this is the kind of realization I've had over the last 18 to 24 months is actual conversations happen on Instagram. Like that dark social part of things that we don't necessarily think of when we think about social media that's where real connection, that's where real conversations are happening. Like anytime I, I, you know, open up the Instagram app, I'm like, oh, there's messages here. And I'm having real conversations fairly, you know, close to real time with people. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is a whole different world. I've never had that on any other social platform. And I think that's why Instagram is, it really has, it's got rid of a barrier that I think a lot of businesses have created with social media between them and their, their communities. Yeah. It, I mean, I like the fact that you're talking about the conversation because I love the conversation of social. That's actually why I'm here <laughs> um, is to have conversations with people. So I find it interesting that you're connecting with people on these topics. It's almost like these topics are what everyone's afraid to say and you're saying it. So now people can go, oh yeah, yeah, I was thinking the same thing too. And now you're kind of connecting over this this idea. Um, has there been in the past recent history, any posts particularly that resulted in like a lot of conversation in the DMs? Yeah. So there's, there's been quite a few. Um, I started doing actually a series of stories called Hall of Fame Friday, where I take a problematic person or business practices. And I mean, I have to be very careful with this. My lawyer's a little on edge about it, but <laughs> don't want to defame anybody. So, you know, I, I'm very much like, let's talk about the person's business practices. I don't want to attack their character. So that always generates lots of back and forth. But I actually put something together like I've had formulated in like notebooks and things over the years called the circles of indoctrination, which was basically like the phenomenon of like, I learn a business practice, then I teach you the business practice, and then you teach more people. And like, that's how these business practices in the online world that are completely like, they're things that would never fly outside the online business world. They have become things we accept as normal things that we replicate unwittingly in our business. So you, what we have is all these people are like, I want to see the fall of the patriarchy. I'm actively anti-racist. And I'm like, but wait, over here, you're replicating this and you don't even realize it because mm. it has become so normalized. So that like blew up my DMs like in the most, it was so affirming because I'm like, oh, I'm not the only one who thinks about this all the time. This is so great. It was very validating and a good test case for like, okay, so let's experiment a little more with this message and see what happens. Yeah. And you know, I think it's interesting, the idea, it's almost like an MLM. Like we take this information and then we pass it on to the other person and that's how we make money. And if they pass it on to other people, that's how they make money. These like passing along these concepts. I'm curious if you have like one or two other examples of that though, for those listening, just so they can check themselves. I know for me, when I was watching your stories and looking at your reels, cause you've been re doing reels lately, I've been like, oh, am I doing these things? I need to like do a quick self audit of some of these things. So is there um, like another example you can give for listeners that they could check to see if they're, they're passing along these practices? Yeah. So this is actually a really great question because one of the things I have been dealing with you know, questions constantly on is like, 
how do I know if I'm doing these things? So I actually have now written a 7,000 word essay on these four pillars that I see happening. And that will be live by the time this episode airs. But, you know, one of the biggest things I see, and I think a lot of us do this, is around our sales tactics, or around our sales practices. So things have become very normalized to create these um, super, super long payment plans where we will basically gouge our customers for having a payment plan. When if you're in the corporate world, it gets normal. Your clients pay you on a monthly basis. So these things that are normal in the outside world, we were like, no, I'm going to punish you for not giving me all the money up front. Um, Things like creating false scarcity. Like we close a program when it doesn't really need to be closed. So we create all these different things. And then my, my favorite one, and I think a lot of people do this because it is taught over and over and over, not putting the price tag on things. Like, especially for high-end, and I'm using air quotes, but high-end group programs, that is normal that you have to apply, you have to get on a sales call. And that's really, a, a, it's a manipulation. And a lot of times it's used to coerce you. And a lot of the stories that have been shared with me um, as I've been working on this essay and over the last few months, like they are so, so disturbing. And I think no one talks about this stuff because you don't want to be the person in the industry that goes, hey, like this happened to me because people are shamed and they're scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I've always been that person that puts the price on things. And I never kind of knew why. Just from my own experience, if I'm going to look at a, a page, I want to know if I can afford it or not. Why is there like a hidden hat trick just to try to figure out whether what's the price? I think part of it is like people think it's like a value thing, but I also think it's just a transparency thing. Like if if there's a price, pay for it. And I actually tested this out with the mentorship program I just ran. The payment plan wasn't any more expensive and it felt really good to just be like, if you can pay up front, great. If you can't, here's an option. Like it's just at the end of the day, that's the way it is. And I understand you may have to add more for fees and admin costs or whatever. Like you can actually calculate that in and have it be an actual part of the process. Sure. But don't just arbitrarily add on more because people need a payment plan. We all need payment plans. <laughs> I love that. Well, I mean, the reality with the business, the thing is like, you'll see like a 30% upcharge and it's not because that's the cost of administration. It's because the default rate is so high in this industry. No one talks about this. There's no reporting. There's no mechanism that goes, oh, you're above the industry standard of the default rate. So when you have 20 and 30% defaults on things, of course you have to build in a way to recoup money. So the people paying you are paying for the people that defaulted because you've created an unsustainable system. What's going on here? I don't know why this is okay, but uh, yeah. Anytime I see an aggressive payment plan, I'm out. And do you know how many things I have not applied for because there's no price on them? <laughs> yes, because I'm there too. I'm there too. I just don't, I'm not, I, it's not for me. <laughs> nope. So tell me about this idea of, as business owners, if we feel this way, how can we show up on social like this? Like, do you have any clients who are doing this or even your program that you're launching for the people that you're mentoring and, and kind of guiding? What are the suggestions as business owners to kind of make sure our marketing is clear, transparent, and BS free? Oh, that's such a good question. So I am going to develop some actual like checklists and things to be like, hey, are you doing anything? But I think the biggest thing, and this is such a is if it's something you look at and you're like, hey, 
am I okay with telling people outside my business? Like, will you talk to someone in the online, outside the online business world about this? Or is it something that's just happening in the online business world? I feel like that's always a good litmus test. And like, are you being transparent? Are you being forthcoming? Or is there a tactic you've been taught? And I think questioning those tactics and looking at them in your own business and being like, you know what? I'm not going to use a countdown timer because I know that's there to trigger people into buying. And it's not necessary when you do your marketing in a way that is ethical and thoughtful and builds real relationships. Like I just finished my launch for my mastermind and there was no countdown timer. And you know what? It's because I had conversations with people. Yeah. I really like that. Just being transparent in the entire process from start to finish. I love that. So you mentioned that you're working on this essay and you're putting it together. How do you see this conversation continuing as your brand grows? Because we were talking offline about this and you mentioned this before this interview that your followers have like doubled this year or something like that. Like, Tell me how this fits in with your whole brand. Well, I think what's interesting is, so in basically since June, since I did my like line in the sand, like I'm not just going to be like skating along anymore. I'm like, here's my opinions, take it or leave it. And we have gained in, I believe, three months more followers than we have in the last two years. So, I mean, you know, I just did numbers this morning, like 200 followers in a month might not seem like a lot to some people, but I don't have, like I'm under the 2000 mark still. So like, 200 followers in a month is a lot of followers. And I think, I don't even like the word followers. I know that's the term. (laughs) Sounds so much like I'm your cult leader, which I am not. Um, But I think what's interesting is I have seen this with the launch I just did. Like this is translated into actual people in my mastermind. And it's because they're like, yes, I like what you're putting down. I like what you're saying. Um, I feel like I can trust you and that you're not going to pull any punches. And, you know, I got on sales calls with people and just to have that conversation to make sure it was a mutual fit. And they're like, I already feel like I know you, I trust you, and I know that you're not going to BS me. So, you know, yes, the follow- the followers are great, but ultimately it's converting into business. I do need to have small business boss make some money to cover my time. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that. I like that it's bringing more of the right people in and translating into the business, which is great. Um, so talk to me about Instagram reels. I'll, I'll go on the record and say, I think I've made three Instagram reels and I've made maybe like five, five to six TikTok videos. It feels like a lot of work, but I kind of like it, but also I'm, I don't know if I'd recommend it. And so I'm just curious as to get your opinion on Instagram reels and how you felt about creating the process because I've loved watching your reels. Oof. Okay. So here's the thing on reels. It's like way more work than a 50, now they're 30 seconds, but then a 15 second video. Like I did one with like multiple wardrobe changes. It took me two hours. It's 14 seconds long. Like I had five characters and like, like, so I think for thing is for reels, like if you want to do it great, you've got to understand like there is time involved. And then the other thing is to like, how many more videos do we need of people pointing to words? Like we need some innovation. So, you know, bring something fresh that you can bring to the thing. Some of the pointing ones are really good, but I, I'm like, oh, what's another pointing one? Like, can we do something fun? Um, I think for me, it's been an interesting experiment. It's time consuming though. So I don't know how many I'm going to do. I think I have to feel like for me, I have to have just have the inspiration and be like, yes, today I'm going to dress up like a dude bro on Instagram. Okay. I'm going to do it. (laughs) 
that like where do you come up with these concepts for reels because I, I love that you say like bring some innovation to it but my challenge personally is that I'm I'm not actually that creative so I'm a creative in different ways I'll say that so for me when I look at that blank slate of creating a video I get kind of stuck so I mean was this a concept you already had and you brought it to reels or did you create it just for reels no. So the concept of the uh, six different types of celebrity entrepreneurs, that was a blog post and podcast episode I'd come up with. And then once I had done that, I was like, oh, wait a second. I could dress up as them. <laughs> and, and so now I actually have in my closet the wardrobe for each of the celebrity entrepreneurs waiting to come out at any time. So I think moving ahead, if I use reels, I will probably do it in costume. I feel mm-hmm. like I am uh, channeling Rachel K. Albers a little bit. I love her. So big props to her. She was the pioneer in the things. I'm not going to get a wardrobe of wigs, but you never know what I could bust out at Halloween. I love it. And I think that's important to note too. I like that you mentioned that it was a podcast and a blog, and then you turn it into reels. And I think part of the challenge sometimes with social media is that we try to create content specific to social media that doesn't lead anywhere. And it's like your concepts actually led to something. And it's like part of the story that you're telling in your marketing. So I think that's important to note too. And we're going to bring it back. I liked the like one with the crystals and like the woo woo one, but those are my favorite. <laughs> um, and it was funny. I got a message from someone on Instagram and she said, she was like, I don't know whether to be offended or abused. And I was like, Oh, don't be offended because like, this is a shirt I own and a necklace I own. And these are my crystals. And you know, my message in it isn't all like these people, you know, if you have crystals, you're a bad person. It's you know, is this a marketing ploy? Why is this person using all these spiritual by, you know, spiritual bypassing and using words like tribe and oh my gosh, what are they doing? This they are playing a character, and that's really my message. And watch out for those BFFs next door because they'll get you every time. <laughs> yes, I would say if I were to put myself in a category, it would be BFFs next door. Like I'm just your friend, but also trying not to be like scammy. Like I'm just your friend give me a hundred thousand dollars and I'll teach you how to be friends. I don't know what they teach, but anyways, <laughs> I love it. Well, it, the funny thing that their, their thing is always, I did it so you can too. And it's like, that's a gross oversimplification. Um, I actually got a message for someone calling me out saying, okay, so the rebel creative, isn't that you? And I'm like, yes, it is me, but I'm not using those tactics. So I like, and I acknowledge that like, I am definitely in the I'm going to wear my leather jacket and like swear a lot category and maybe have some purple hair at some point. I'm I'm my own inspiration for that one. I love it. I love it. Um, The last thing I want to talk today about is Instagram stories because I think that your approach to stories is also very strategic in that I noticed when you have the same thing, you have a podcast episode and you have a blog your stories, like your Instagram stories follow the same topics and even your posts for that week follow the same topics. So can you walk us through kind of like your process for creating all of those assets? Yes. So full disclosure, I am a content marketer. So there is always a plan. (laughs) So, I mean, I, because we have the podcast, it always starts with the podcast episode. So in terms of the topics and those are tied to 
either whatever I'm feeling called to talk about or very strategic things within the business. Like right before I launched the mastermind, I did a series on masterminds and making better investments. Like whether someone buys the mastermind or not was not the point, but I'm like, let's have this conversation timed around this. And um, so we create the we create the podcast episode, the blog post. And then from there, it's, you know, what do I want my posts to be for the week? It's not always like a clear thing. I might take this much of it out and, you know, really chunk it down to that. And then from there, it's, okay, what are my stories going to be for the week? So I loosely, you know, I loosely plan like, okay, so I want to talk about perfect examples for today. This week's podcast episode is on avoiding burnout. I want to talk about one of the things I think causes the most burnout, just the one of five strategies that's in the podcast episode. But I think a lot of the reason we have burnout is because we set the wrong goals. Yes. (laughs) So it's like, how can you get smarter with your content and like parse it out into these little bits? And if you're creating blog posts or uh, videos or whatever, it's like, how do you take that one, like one little thing that you know is going to hit a nerve with people and or that is a polarizing point of view or is going to engage people and have a conversation. Um, I think so many times we want to tell, like, I want to do a story and every single thing in the blog, in the blog post, well, it's not really sustainable. So. Yeah. And I like that you're just taking the tiniest little bit and sharing that on social and then linking it back to the blog post. I mean, it's there, the podcast episodes there, if they're interested, they have more opportunities to learn more about the topic, but then even if they're just like mildly interested, you're giving them that little, almost like appetizer of what the full course meal could look like. So love that strategy. Highly recommend for those listening to try it out, test it out, do it for yourself and actually save yourself some time. And be more strategic with your marketing because it actually leads somewhere, which is what we all want. Yeah. And Um, just a final thing on that with stories, like I think so many times, like for me, the biggest barrier to stories was getting on there and just feeling like I had something to say. So I think looking at the content you've already created, like we all have a body of work as content creators. Um, You can pull it like a bot. I pulled out a blog post from five years ago and referred to it in a story because I was like, it was timely and it was of the moment. So observing kind of what's happening in real time for you and your audience or a trend you're seeing or, you know, something you've seen and then pulling in uh, past content can also just really save you a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Pulling things from the pa- your archives. We have so much content out there. Yes. Okay. So if let's say we have someone who wants to work with you, they want to learn more about Small Business Boss, what's a great next step for them? So a great next step is if you're a freelancer, go to smallbusinessboss.co slash doubler and the double your freelance income courses in there. And like, I, I swear this is literally... I don't even like calling it a course, but it is the last thing you will ever need to figure out because we talk about pricing and packages and like how not to spend your money on stupid shit. Like it is like <laughs> so practical. And I get people who are like, wow, I never thought of auditing my expenses. It's such obvious stuff, but it's just walks you through it in a really structured way without any like big, like join my signature program pitch at the end. And then, you know, the pod, anything we create in the, the free zone, that's mm-hmm. always good too. Instagram, podcast, all those good things. Yes. And I'll put all of Maggie's links in the show notes or in the description of this video. Definitely follow her on Instagram for lots of good tips. Whether you're a service business owner or not, there's just like a lot of good, juicy information there. And then yes, the um, five ways to double your income course will be in the description as well. Take it, study it, do it, get your money. Yeah. Get your money. That's honestly, I just want people to get paid. And then do it in a way that's like ethical and like that we can all go to bed and sleep at night and feel good about what we're doing in the world. 
Yes. Amen to that. Thank you so much, Maggie, for being on the show today. This was such a great conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for hanging out with Maggie and I today. Wasn't she great? It was kind of like you guys got an insider look at our friendship and our conversation, which is just fantastic. Make sure you check out Maggie and everything she has to offer. I'll put the links in the show notes or in the description of this video, especially her freebie, which is called Doubling Your Freelance Income. So check out that freebie. The link will be in the show notes. Also, her article that she mentioned in this video should be out by the time this episode is released. So I'll put a link to that. I know I'm like waiting on the edge of my seat for that one as well. Um, Next week, I am interviewing Natasha. Oh my gosh, we talk about data in this episode and you guys are going to love this because it really helps you understand how to look at analytics and metrics and just kind of Natasha's perspective on like how to make sure that what you're doing actually matters to your business and makes a difference. Imagine that. So join us next week for that interview with Natasha. And hey, thanks so much for listening to the show watching the show. I appreciate you and your support. I'm proud to say that this entire year we've remained at the top of the marketing charts in the US and Canada and now in the UK and Australia. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to share this episode with a friend who could use it, who could find value from it and leave us a review if you're on iTunes that really helps support the show. That's all for today. I'll see you guys next week. Bye for now.